week's edition of the SoCo Show. I'm Seth Ott. With me here is Cody Michael. Hey there, folks. And so I want to start off this week, this is episode 10, by the way. Episode 10, double digits. Yeah. Uh, I want to start it this week with something weird I saw and found and heard on a po- another podcast, and, I, and it's something I immediately thought you would react hilariously to or in, in, for me anyway it's going to be hilarious okay. i don't know for the listeners out there yeah so you you mentioned this to me last i don't know what this is <laughs> i don't know what i'm about to see or hear and uh I, all i know is i'm supposed to react in an entertaining way so um, hit me with it what do you so got? i one, what is your biggest fear oh it's spiders no well no spiders and snakes something that could happen to you oh being bound and drowned yeah, yeah. so claustrophobia right yeah. um have you ever, ever heard of this thing called flesh love Flesh love? No. Yeah, flesh love. Uh, no, but it sounds like quest love getting naked. <laughs> I wish. Um, no, it's so it's this weird thing in Japan, like all weird things come from. That's about right. Um, it, so it's a photographer, he will put two people who are in a relationship together inside of a, like, basically, you know, one of those uh, space saver things, kind of like that, like a clear bag. Like a vacuum bag? Yeah, and then they vacuum them. And take pictures of them in weird poses. What the fuck? <laughs> Here's the photos. <laughs> oh my god! We'll post a link to this because it's hilarious. <laughs> what the hell? What kind of podcast are you listening to? It, it was on Hollywood Babylon. <laughs> oh my god. They do god. a segment called What the Fuck Japan. <laughs> that is the craziest shit I've ever... Oh, yuck. That's all the photos. They look like meat. Look, like you buy them at the. St- Ugh. See, I would die. I would first. I would die, and I'd be stuck in that wrapping. And if I survived, I would forever hate whatever person asked me to do that with them. Yeah. Um, so people do it for like their wedding photos. They'll do them just you know for like big anniversaries and stuff. One person described that they were af- so afraid that they, when they did it, they peed while they were in there. Oh no! <laughs> so they peed. And this is like close when you when you see the pictures, you have to look at the pictures when you, when we talk about this. But um they're they're really close together. It look yeah, it looks like meat, but it, it's it's hilarious. That I will never love someone enough <laughs> to do that in my entire life. So that that immediately made me think of you and I <laughs> Oh, do they have air holes? No, there's no they cut them out. So they take a bunch of pictures until you know, they realistically couldn't breathe anymore and then they cut him out that's awful that's the worst thing i've ever heard what the fuck japan (laughs) i guess i shouldn't be surprised every everything that's like someone's fear is also someone's fetish yeah so i don't know but yeah no uh if you're a lady out there looking for a man to uh climb into one of those meat containers with you keep looking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh so we mentioned it's episode 10 a big one double digits now a uh, little different show this week we're actually recording on a sunday morning which is different usually we record sunday on morning, tuesday nights <laughs> says third favorite maroon five song <laughs> um so yeah we're, we were hoping to be able to get to the results of the emmys this week but obviously we're recording before that happens so uh, next week we'll be getting to the emmys but we do still have a fun show planned for you uh we're going to review a couple of movies uh, talk a little bit of TV as well, and, and we've got news in all the usual places. So uh, let's jump right into it. Video games! 
First of all, in video game news, uh, you may remember a little game from a handful of years ago called L.A. Noir. Mm-hmm. It was like 2011, I think it came out. Big on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox 360? No, it or was, was it on PS3? PS3 and yeah. Xbox 360? Yeah. Is it getting a re-release? Is that yeah, it's getting an update for every console. It's coming out on uh, PS4 and, and Xbox One X. Um, they're doing 4K, HDR all that stuff for it coming out on the switch as well uh for and they're going to have some updated like controls and things like that for it and then it's actually coming out in vr too which would be really cool oh okay. it's gonna be an htc vibe it's not gonna be ps4 um it's really cool because for those who don't know it's a game where there's a little bit of action and stuff in it and but it's kind of more of a, a game it's like one of the first games that used facial like cameras recognition cameras to have the actors act and so the game you're trying to, it, it's a detective game, L.A. Noir. It's a detective game where you're trying to figure out the killer by, by the end of it. It's a pretty long game, actually. I had never played through it all uh, the original time, so I'm excited to do that again. But it's, I mean, it's pretty tricky. The way that they, even it comes down to like the eye, the pupils and trying to figure out people are lying or telling the truth. And it's pretty cool. And the game will let you know when you're, you know, t- figuring things out, but... So it's kind of got that telltale feel mm-hmm. where you're kind of looking around for clues yep. and then talking to people and getting their reactions. I saw, I, I didn't play this myself, but mm-hmm. I saw a little of it played during its original release, mm-hmm. and it looks pretty immersive. Yeah. I mean, they pretty much just drop you in the crime scene and say go, yep. and you can do whatever you want. So I think this one could be really cool, especially yeah. with the updated resolution and picture quality. This is going to look like a movie. Yeah. I'm excited to give it another try. Like I said, I didn't finish it the first time, but... Yeah, yeah, especially with the, the updated graphics, and you could be able to see the pores on their faces now. And That's insane. And, uh, yeah, it has action, too. I mean, it's, it's a Rockstar game, so it looks a lot like um, Grand Theft Auto. And there's a, there's some, there's open-world elements, and there's shooting and things like that. So it's more than a Telltale, but less than a full game, I would say. Man, that'd be pretty sick in VR. Yeah. Getting to walk around and do that whole thing, that would be pretty tight. I don't know how you're, you would... I guess they would skip the action parts, I would assume, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've not done the HTC thing, so yeah. I don't know what kind of hand controls they've got. That'd be cool. I mean, maybe you could shoot a gun. That'd Who be knows? pretty neat. But that's a cool one. I know a lot of people really really liked that game when mm-hmm. it came out the first time, so it'll probably get a pretty good. Uh, a lot of people will pick that up and and go for it again. And I'll I try it. I think it's gonna be pretty tight. Sports. Let's turn to sports. Just a couple quick things. Uh, another, we managed to avoid talking about this last week, but. The Ezekiel Elliott shit is still going on, mm-hmm. and it, I'm getting increasingly increasingly frustrated. So up until now, he was suspended for six games, then he appealed the suspension, mm-hmm. then the suspension was upheld, and then most recently he had some sort of uh, delay, a stay, yeah. a stay um, granted to him, mm-hmm. which means that he'll still have to serve the six games, but he can wait to do so. Yes, the NFL on Friday, they filed an emergency hearing basically on it for a ruling to be made they want it to be made by tuesday but the latest would be the 26th of september so and this is just to get rid of that stay basically so we'll see so he i mean it's just they're they're just using the the legal system to just push this back and Mm -hmm. back and back kind of like brady did with his supreme court thing god i'm just so sick of this i don't even (laughs) want to keep talking about it but it's it's one of the most prevalent kind of stories in sports right now is, is what's going to happen to this guy so 
Yeah. I, I'm glad that he's still probably going to get his six games. I just wish they would do it already. It's going to be next season, likely. You think so? Um, yeah, that's that's what like a lot of the insiders I know. Adam Schefter, who's you know pretty inside with stuff. He uh, the the resounding like thoughts about this are that he's going to end up serving it ne- the full six games, but he'll serve it next season, likely. As long as he serves it, fine, whatever. But I do think it's kind of horseshit that he's able to kind of push it back by exploiting <laughs> the, the legal system and everything. I know you're not complaining, though, because he's on your fantasy team. That's true. Another piece of uh, NFL news, specifically, and, and you were just telling me this just before we hit mm-hmm. record, so I don't know a lot about it. Sounds like Roger Goodell is is looking for a contract extension as the commissioner of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a new roadblock? Yeah, and it's it's I think it's likely tied in. I mean, there's there's it's pretty obvious that it's tied in to... The Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Um, Jerry Jones, who has usually been a big proponent for Goodell, um, has now swapped on that, and uh, he's trying to either he's try, he's slowing down the process right now, and he's trying to make make him not be the commissioner anymore. Basically, he's impeding the process of the extension. So, I mean, it's it's all you know, it's it's scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type of thing. Oh, and sure. Goodell's not doing that for him anymore. So. Jerry Jones is one of those guys that uh, you don't want to you don't want to be on his bad side. Mm-mm. He's one of those powerful motherfuckers that could probably have you killed if you wanted. It's funny they actually on the show Ballers with The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a character who he he works for the Cowboys, and uh, there's a whole thing going on with in that show the the Raiders storyline. You know the Las Vegas Raiders going to or the Oaklanders going to Las Las Vegas, and one of the the heads of the I think it's the GM for the Cowboys not the owner because they mentioned Jerry Jones um he is like a big person they try to get to get the stadium moved Mm. and so like the Cowboys have a lot it's just funny because it relates because the Cowboys have a lot of you know clout yeah yeah America's team man yeah you keep the Cowboys fans happy you keep everyone happy Uh, them and you know like the Packers they're another big one Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of fans for them And then the New York teams and now the L.A. teams. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all we got for sports. Let's move into TV. Television! We're going to get into a review here in a second, Assess TV Corner. Uh, very exciting to get back into the corner. Uh, before <laughs> then, I want to mention one quick thing. Uh the Daily Show, formerly with Jon Stewart, now it's Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. They have re-upped his contract. Uh, they've liked what they've seen out of okay. Trevor Noah so far. So he's going to stay the host of The Daily Show through 2022. Okay. So it's a five-year extension of that. Uh, I'm really excited about this. I'm a big fan of Trevor Noah. I like what they're doing on the show right now. Um, and it's good to see that they're uh, getting him locked in and, and that the show will kind of... Because I think that show kind of really depends on having the same host. It's just like your night, yeah. your night late-night shows and stuff. You get connected to the host, so... Um, seems like he's kind of been on a trial period for a while now, and now they're willing to marry him. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that that's happening. Uh, I like that, that that's what they're doing with the show. Yeah. That's a my TV corner. All right, man. Hey, the people just won't stop. They're begging and begging and begging for more of Seth's TV corner, and we are back. <laughs> you have finished one of your summer shows. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what are we done with? What are you watching? Just finished season two of Preacher. Um... I don't know. It's it's not a super popular show. I don't think it's on AMC, and summertime shows aren't very popular to begin with. But I understand why the show is not very popular. Um, as a show, the first season I was I was a big fan of. So for those who don't know, um, it's it stars 
there's really not any big stars. Ruth Nega's in it, who was in, uh, she was, she nominated for an Oscar this year. Mm-hmm. For we, Loving? Yeah. Um, other than that, though, there's really not any big stars in it, but it's a show about a preacher um, who is given a, or not given, he is basically forced into a, this being or some sort of spiritual thing comes into him um, where he's able to tell people to do whatever he wants through his voice. The voice, basically, is what it's called. And so the first season is kind of like the you know the trials of getting through that. There's someone who wants to take it out of him, someone from heaven, because it's, it's all about heaven, hell, all that stuff. So someone from heaven wants to come take it from him. They don't succeed. So the second season, what happens at the end of the first season, God goes missing. So God is gone, and at the end of the first season, uh, Jesse Custer, who is the preacher, uh, his friend Tulip, who is Ruth Nega, and then their vampire, pr- vampire friend uh, Cassidy, those three go on a mission to search for God. So the second season picks up. They are trying to find God in New Orleans. That's where, where God is supposedly at. <laughs> the, the season, it started off, the first episode I was excited. It was fun. There's some good action. It's a funny show overall because it's, it's made, written, and a lot of the episodes are directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, so there's a lot of funny jokes and stuff like that. First episode I was excited, and then from episode two until about episode ten, nothing happened. Ah. It was It was so slow, boring. And it just overall it wasn't fun. Um, the the shows the show is based off a comic book, and it's one of the most well loved cult comic books out there. Um, there's been movies been trying to made for years about it. Um, Kevin Smith tried making a movie about it, and people at the time were like, "Oh, we don't like comic books." And now that comic books are huge, you know, it got made. Mm-hmm. In the comics, there's some great action. It's again, it's funny. The the storylines are really intricate in the comics and things like that, and the show doesn't pull it off. Um, the performances are fine. Ruth Nega's good. Um, but they like the show... So episode 1 had great action. Episode 10 had great action. Or episode 11 had great action. Episode 12 had great action. But the rest of it, they don't do that. And that should be the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. You know? By the end... Another thing... So you know you know the thing I hate about shows is cliffhangers, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, unnecessary cliffhangers. So the whole show, as I told you, the whole season is about trying to find God, right? Guess what they don't do? <laughs> they don't find God. Um, there, there's a part where this first episode, they're tra- you know going through New Orleans, you know getting leads and stuff, and <laughs> so they're in like this brothel type thing at one point. That's where I'd find God. <laughs> well, um, and they open up a door with a room, and there's like a either a woman or a guy holding a leash to a person in a Dalmatian outfit. It's like a sex thing, you know, sex weird thing, and it zooms in. So they leave, and it zooms in on this mask of the Dalmatian, and then it's like that's it. You know, it, it's that, that's all that. That's the only time they reference it again until later on. Turns out that's God. <laughs> so um, Jesse figures it out, and he's not there. So the end. And I'm going to do spoilers because no, don't watch the show to begin with. <laughs> um, they by the, the the last shot of the season is Jesse figures it out, goes to find him. He's not there. The last shot of the season is the dog got costumes hanging on a thing um, in a hotel room, and you hear someone peeing. It, it turns to the the bathroom door, and if there's like a light behind it, like glowing yellow light, the door opens, and then it zooms in on the light, credits. So you, you don't even get to see who God is. You just know he was a Dalmatian-wearing freak. <laughs> That's it. Isn't that stupid? That seems like a two-episode arc. 
mm-hmm. and then they go on to find. But they spend the entire season trying to find this guy. Yeah, well, other things happen in 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 there. Um, there's this thing called the Saint of All Killers, who's like he he's hired from hell to kill Jesse to take the thing out of him. Okay. They get they they end that like episode five, and he's the he was the most interesting thing other than something I'll get into. This is all things I hate about this this, this show. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole time Jesse is the, his, he's tunnel focused on finding God and his friends around him are like, dude, he doesn't want to be found. Mm-hmm. And so there's that going on. Santa killers is trying to kill Jesse to get that out of him. They, Jesse ends up getting him out of the picture. And then from there, there's this other organization called the grail. I can't, I, they watch the, they want to be the bad guys, but they're also kind of good too. It's weird and confusing, but this character from the comics named her star, he's like the big, big bad at the beginning comes in takes over the grail he's killing people taking over the grail he becomes the head of it and then he wants jesse to become the new because everyone knows god's god now Mm -hmm. god god has left everyone in the world knows it. the pope tells him he wants jesse to become the new messiah basically with with his voice and that's kind of where the season ends with that none of it tied together very well and it was all just all over the place as my review can 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 (laughs) show um the one thing i did like about the show so in the first season there's this guy named arseface He's got, I don't know, if you've seen the trailers, you've probably seen him. He's, his mouth looks like a butthole because he shot himself and he didn't die. So they sewed his mouth up together. Jesse uses his voice in the first season because the arse face is telling Jesse, like, you need to stop using this. It's not, it's not right. So he says, go to hell, Jesse, with the voice. And Jesse goes to hell. Or not Jesse, uh, arse face. His name's Eugene. Go to hell, Eugene. And he goes to hell. So this, the, the thing I liked about this, this season was him in hell. Like, this, this arse face guy... He's in hell. He doesn't. He's not supposed to be there, and he keeps telling people he's not supposed to be there. Hitler's down there with him. <laughs> um, there's, there's some funny interactions with Hitler. Um, basically, in hell though, when you're in hell, it's it's like prison. It looks like you're in prison, and your day is spent in like this machine that makes you live your worst day over and over and over again. And the, and his worst day is um, his girlfriend, a girl he liked, shot herself because of something he said, and then he shot himself. And that's why his face looks like a butthole. Um, so the machines end up breaking down, and all of the people get to interact with each other. So, like, Hitler's there. I didn't really notice any other, you know, evil people. Um, the guy from 13 Reasons Why, who played Bryce, the, mm-hmm. the rapist guy, um, he was there, but not as Bryce. But he was, you know, a douchebag. And he was always, in, he was always getting in Eugene's way. But the that part of the, the arc was... Hitler is helping Eugene slash Arseface to escape. And and Hitler becomes almost like, they almost humanize him. <laughs> because his worst day is the last day he was a good person. So they, uh. they show that. So he wants to be a good person, but whatever, you know, he, he was treated wrongly and stuff like that. And so um, they eventually find a way out through a back door in one of the simulations. And the only thing that would, that would get me coming back to this show is if it focused mostly on Eugene and, and Hitler, because now they, they've escaped and they're in the world now. Oh, God, Hitler's so, out. So Hitler's back, um, but he's kind of humanized a little bit, too. He's like a second chance. Um, and Eugene is just like, what do I do? <laughs> so that's, like, I, I'll watch the first couple episodes of next season, but if it's not good, if they don't fix if they don't put the action in, and if they don't focus more on things like they, that they should, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it. Oof, it's on the ropes. Yeah. So I, I had never seen this show. I like the idea of it and, uh, you know, with Seth Rogen involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I had kind of high hopes for it. It's one that I've had kind of on the tail end of my list, but it doesn't sound like uh, like something you're recommending. I'd say definitely skip it. Um, I, I mean, my hopes are that it takes a Gotham vibe because I had not as strong feelings about Gotham. Gotham was at least a put-together show, mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting. And, and Preacher is interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. There's interesting aspects of it, and there's things to like. Like, the, when, the, the, when they do the action, it's really good. Um, Jesse's like a, you know, kind of, not a train fighter, but, you know, he's, he took down like four guys at once without using his voice, you know. And that, that's the kind of cool thing that could happen is he could use his voice, be like, stop, and then punch a guy in the face mm-hmm. and then make him shoot themselves or whatever. Um, so there's cool aspects of it, and I think it's already been announced for season three. So, I mean, again, I'll give it a shot, but if it's not done well, if it's still boring and still just not put together the way it should be, I'm, I'm going to definitely stop it. Yikes. Well, here's here's hoping that this is one of those bridge seasons and yeah. that it's going to hit the fan in next season. But, yeah, that's a shame because I think it, it's an interesting uh, source material that mm-hmm. people like a lot. And with, anytime you're going to do comedy and action, it, it, it lends itself to a good show. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's really too bad that the execution really wasn't there for season two. Yeah. All right, let's go to movies. Movies. <laughs> movies. We've got one piece of news to get to that I'm very excited about, and then a couple of uh, reviews slash I'm going to explain the plot of a movie here in a bit. Uh, but first, Seth, give give the folks the good news. Oh, I know yeah. we're pretty excited about this. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of our favorite movies. <laughs> should I stop the drum roll? Yeah, you should. Oh. Uh, one of our favorite movies, franchises now, um, of the last like five years. John Wick. John Wick. Um, is going to be getting, well, they already announced the, the third one, but they they recently announced the uh, release date. May 17th, 2019, we get John Wick 3, the final chapter. Yeah, buddy. I don't know if it's going to be called that, but. I, I hope it's the final chapter. Actually, no, I don't. I don't hope it's the final chapter. I could watch 20 John Wick movies and I wouldn't get tired of it because there's not plot to it. I nope. mean, there it's just sweet headshots and nut kicks. Oh my God. If you have a head or nuts in John Wick, <laughs> you going down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and then they're doing that TV, the show, The Continental, which is, I think, a prequel um, mm-hmm. to the series. Um, that's awesome. I mean, and it sounds like what I, what I was reading, again, about this, um, about John Wick 3, is that this one, they're, I mean, they're halfway writing, halfway done writing it now. And they said that they are just trying to work in a little bit more, because the thing I like about it is they, there's a big world in John Wick, and there's a lot going on. But they've only peeled back what they need to, mm-hmm. and that's what they he, he said they're going to continue to do that. Just peel back more and more, and then the TV show is going to kind of take over that too and peel back more and more. So, I think it's super interesting. The mm-hmm. whole like secret organization yeah. of killers and stuff is mega cool. Yeah. And like you said, we've only just gotten to barely peek behind the curtain of that. Mm-hmm. They could blow it wide open. I think the show could be cool. Yeah. I know John Wick three is going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited. This is one of the very few new action franchises mm-hmm. of the last decade or so that's really worked for me yeah i don't know it has its critics but um in general i think it's been really well received well, the last yeah. one had god i think it was over Both are in the 80s yeah. for rotten tomatoes so i mean if you like if you haven't seen any of the john wicks mm-hmm. yet and you like watching people get murdered <laughs> then you need to go see john wick now yeah. and get excited along with us for john wick 3 coming out yeah and, and like that's the thing i like about well other than the headshots and nut kicks is is that they could have just like thrown everything at you and mm-hmm. said this, this, and this, and going on, and this is, and they just focused on the action and letting you know just what you need to know to follow John Wick. Yep. So they've done it really well, and, and I'm excited. 
Yeah, the, the it's a very slow world build mm-hmm. because you only need to know what you you only know what yeah. you need to know. I mean, the first one, the only thing you knew is like you couldn't kill people on the the continental's mm-hmm. premises. You didn't even know what the continental was yeah. <laughs> really. You didn't know there was like contracts and stuff like that. You just knew John Wick is getting revenge for someone killing his dog. Yep. And then they really they reveal the contracts and there's past things of John Wick and you know stuff like that. So they can they can do a whole lot more. It's just been really cool watching that. Uh, and there's so many just interesting in John Wick two the uh, the promise thing mm-hmm. that the guy fills out with that he that he owes him with yeah. the, the thumbprint is a really cool idea um, and the whole idea just the Continental in general is so damn cool because yeah. they're all so like they go to the sommelier the yeah. wine guy and he gives them fucking guns and shit <laughs> and he's like what does he say to him I need something for the end of the night yeah something with a something loud for the end of the night i think mm-hmm. is what he says and he hands him a big assault rifle yeah. <laughs> that stuff is just so damn cool yeah. i love gentlemen spies and uh this is this is right up there with the best of them yeah. i think okay so let's get into a movie review uh seth this is something you've seen i haven't yet mm-hmm. kind of a really under the radar little mm-hmm. indie that's getting some pretty good reviews this summer yeah uh, tell the folks what you saw saw uh, and it talks about <laughs> talked about it for a couple weeks now i'm gonna review it but brigsby bear um which is a movie written by, I don't think it was directed by, but written by and acted, starred in by uh, Kyle Mooney, who was, you know, SNL um, cast member. Um, kind of one of the bigger ones now, because a lot of them left. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a story about um, <laughs> Kyle Mooney it lives in like this bunker with Mark Hamill, um, who you think is his father, and then I can't remember who the, the wife is, but I just thought it was funny Mark Hamill's in this movie. <laughs> um, and Kyle... Mooney, he loves this show, which he thinks is everyone watches it called called Brigsby Bear. Um, he, it, it, Brigsby Bear is like this, it's like this weird, like mascot looking bear who has like these magical crystals and things like that. That he tries to take down this sun looking thing that you can tell you can obviously see is Mark Hamill because there's like a mustache. There's like hundreds of episodes of this, and. Kyle Mooney in this in this uh, bunker, he has like this really old computer, and he makes like internet videos, like oh, Brigsby Bear did this and this and this episode, and it was really inspirational and stuff like that. Turns out though that Kyle Mooney escapes one night uh, from the bunker, and he's sitting. He likes to sit escape from the bunker and sit on top of it basically, and just kind of see the stars. He has to wear like a gas mask because he's led to believe that the world is, you know, not <laughs> currently running. Mm-hmm. There's only like a few people. Um, and he sees cop cars coming and, um, he runs inside and his parents are like, what'd you do? What's going on? And turns out that they're not his parents. Mark, Mark Hamill and the wife, the wife took Kyle from the hospital when he was a baby, like born and uh, her and Mark Hamill raised him in this bunker. Mark Hamill had made Brigsby bear. So the whole thing, every, every day, Mark Hamill would leave the house, go make Brigsby bear and bring back new episodes for him to watch. Jesus. And so the, the movie's about. Kyle Mooney trying to adjust to the world. And so obviously, like, he thinks everyone loves Brigsby Bear. Um, he always talks about it. And he's really weird. Just just his mannerisms and the way he talks is weird because, you know, you, that's how you would be. If you watch a children's show until you were 20-something <laughs> and that's all you knew, you'd be weird. Um, and so Kyle Mooney, he loves Br- Brigsby Bear so much, he wants to make a movie. He wants to wrap it up. He wants to end it. And so it, it's, it's really about you know him him in the you know in the world adjusting and also getting other people to kind of 
relate to him more, but also see the way things see the way see things the way he wants them to be seen, or how he thinks how he thinks things are basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's cool. It, it's really good. I mean, the performances are pretty good. Mark Hamill is is so strange, <laughs> but he's also I mean he's he's a damn good actor. Kyle Mooney puts in a good performance. Oh, the there's the girl from the house, the daughter. Okay. Um, she plays his sister. Um, also the the uh, his real life sister. Also the uh, from Veep, the guy with the mustache. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, Matt Walsh. Yes, yes. He's he plays uh, Kyle Mooney's dad, uh, real life dad. Um, so there's I mean there's some kind of smaller actors in this. Um, there's some appearances by some SNL alum like Adam Sandberg um, and Beck Bennett are in it as well. So some, there's some funny actors. There's some really funny moments. There's also some real deep moments. Um, overall, I mean, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's 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 interesting. It's definitely an indie comedy. Yeah. Um, drama dramedy more, but it's it's good. I would say definitely if I mean you're probably not gonna be able to check it out until it comes out on VOD because like a small theater here showed it and it's it's only been in like 200 theaters. Yeah. Across the country, so check it out on VOD for sure. So what I'm wondering is. Um... It sounds kind of similar to like Room, mm-hmm. which had Brie Larson and she won, she won the Best Actress. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's probably got Oscar no. uh, Oscar capability, but no. how would you compare it to like a Room where they also have gotten out and are now experiencing the world for the first time? I would say it's similar. I think plot wise, because once he gets out, because he's he's not like so like sheltered where he doesn't he doesn't. Uh, know how to act in society like he's still very it's very awkward and it's it's still things are really weird but it's not like he's savage or anything like Mm -hmm. that you know um and he's not like because the comedy is not like you know hurting anyone or um hurting himself at all but uh it's really more once he gets out it's more about the brigsby bear thing like about him making the movie and him make he makes friends some cool like some friends that really you know actually like him and stuff like that so it's got a nice heart heartfelt you know stuff to it but i don't know it's good sounds pretty multifaceted which i i'm a big kyle mooney fan Mm -hmm. everything he does on snl is hilarious to me um and a couple of the other guys you had mentioned sandberg and and beck bennett i like those guys too so i'm hoping to check this one out on vod um but it so that it is it's a recommend for you definitely yeah Okay, so I'm really excited to talk about this movie that I just saw, and it's really weird. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a warning that shit is about to get weird on this podcast because of the way this movie rolls out. And I'm not wearing pants. And Seth is not wearing pants, and so it has been weird the entire time. <laughs> so I went to see the movie Mother on Friday. No, it's Mother, Mother. <laughs> yeah, I-, I went to see Mother on Friday. <laughs> Mother. And- I went alone, uh, Seth didn't want to go, because it was billed to us as a horror movie, mm-hmm. right? It, and that's what we expected going in was a horror movie. So mm-hmm. I went by myself, and I was really excited to give the plot of this. It's not so much a horror movie, but I still want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a warning at the beginning of this. I'm going to recommend this movie for people to see, but I am going to spoil the entire plot. And if you see it after I've spoiled it, you probably won't enjoy it nearly as much as if you figured this out on your own. So I'm giving a very heavy spoiler warning. You can go down to the description of this episode and see the timestamp of when we stop talking about it if you don't want to have this movie spoiled. So again, I recommend seeing it before you listen to this. But here we go. So Mother is this new Darren Aronofsky movie that stars um, 
Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. (laughs) (laughs) So the opening shot of this movie, Jennifer Lawrence wakes up. She's in bed. She rolls over and she feels and her man is not there. Mm -hmm. So she starts getting up and she walks around the house. And there's this really cool establishing shot of the house where she, it's like a single shot. Mm -hmm. She walks around the house and just shows you all the rooms and stuff while she's looking for Javier Bardem. Mm -hmm. She walks outside and um, she's like standing on the porch looking out into like these woods and stuff that they live around. Mm-hmm. And um, she like is standing there and then she like goes to step off the porch and Harvey Bardem shows up and he's like, oh, I got you. I love you. And they smooch and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, Javier Bardem, Javier Bardem <laughs> is her husband. <laughs> and so they're hanging out. You get a little bit of exposition, which is um, Jennifer Lawrence is working on the house. And they've they've come to this house in order to help Javier Bardem with his writing because mm-hmm. he's a writer. Um, he's already wrote written a pretty successful book that allows them to live in this house, but um, he's kind of got writer's block mm-hmm. for his next work. So all day Jennifer Lawrence will work on the house. Javier Bardem will um, he'll like work on his book or he'll go outside and do like yard stuff. Mm-hmm. So the plot really starts when ed harris shows up and he's this guy he shows up really out of nowhere and is just like hey uh this is a bed and breakfast right and javier bradham is like well no this is just our house and the guy's like oh well i saw it on a bed and breakfast uh sorry to you know interrupt or whatever javier bradham invites him in for a drink they have a drink they really get along and stuff and then javier bradham is like hey ed harris you should like stay here with us as a guest Mm -hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence kind of doesn't like it. She's kind of like, I don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. And But Javier Bardem is so nice that he, he's like, he's got to stay here. I won't take no for an answer, etc. So that night gets weird because the two men, they drink a lot and they're chatting and talking. And um, at one point, Ed Harris, he coughs a lot, so you can tell he's really sick. Mm-hmm. And then he goes upstairs to his room and then... Javier Bardem has to go up with him because he's coughing so badly. Mm-hmm. And then Jennifer Lawrence goes upstairs and is like, hey, what's going on? She opens the door. And when she opens the door, you can see Ed Harris. He's got no shirt on. He's puking his guts out into the toilet. And he's got this big scar kind of along the back by his ribs. And Javier Bardem like covers it up and looks at her and is like, go away. Like, give him some privacy or whatever. And she backs out and she's like, what the F is going on? Mm-hmm. And in the audience, you're like, what the F is going on? <laughs> so it's really weird. And then the next day, everyone wakes up, and Javier Bardem and Ed Harris are acting like nothing happened. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, are you feeling better today, or are you still sick? And he's like, no, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's fine. Yeah. And they're just pretending like nothing happened. And then this woman shows up, and it's Michelle Pfeiffer. And she shows up, and she's like, hey, I'm Ed Harris's wife. What's up? <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Correct Lawrence quote. is like, what the hell, uh, Ed Harris? You weren't supposed to invite your wife. You were supposed to stay here for one night and then leave. Um, but all of a sudden they just start making themselves really at home mm-hmm. and it really makes Jennifer Lawrence uncomfortable. And the whole time you kind of get this feeling of just like, something's not right here, mm-hmm. you know, but Javier Bardem is treating them really nicely and he wants to please them and everything. But she's kind of like, I don't know. They're kind of making themselves at home in my house and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things is there's a, there's a room that Javier Bardem writes in that he doesn't like anybody being in. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, the wife, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, she keeps wanting to go in there for whatever reason. She keeps wanting to go in there. And eventually she sneaks up in there, her and Ed Harris sneak up in there, 
and they get in there and they uh, they pick up there's this this rock that looks kind of like a geode mm-hmm. like a glass rock geostorm yeah and Javier Bardem it's like his most cherished thing it's like he he loves it he he said he found it at a time in his life when he was really down and it brought him back out and helped him to write his first book mm-hmm. he doesn't want anybody touching it they pick it up and they break the fucking thing oh man Javier Bardem gets pissed he screams at him he yells at him and then he like um, he like boards off that room so mm-hmm. no one's ever gonna go in that room mm-hmm. and then about the same time all of a sudden uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris's kids show up. These two boys, they show, or men, they're probably our age. Yeah. They show up and they're arguing because apparently Ed Harris is dying and he is trying to leave most of his fortune to one of the kids and the other one's pissed off. Mm-hmm. So they get to arguing and yelling at each other. They end up getting a fist fight and during the fist fight, the, one of the brothers picks up uh, some sort of decoration and bashes the other one's head in, kills him. He's dead. <laughs> Crazy, right? So now... Um, Javier Bardem and the parents and the one son go and they take him away uh-huh. to like the hospital because he's not quite dead but he ends up dying. And meanwhile, Jennifer Lawrence is left here to clean up the blood. So she cleans up all this blood mm-hmm. and in doing so, she finds that it's like leaked down through the floor cracks to the basement. And then she goes into the basement and she finds this doorway underneath the house. And when she opens it, there's this big like, it looks like a giant generator it's just it's this big thing and it makes this loud like heartbeat sound mm-hmm. and throughout the movie Jennifer Lawrence two things happens to her one of them is she'll all of a sudden get like you know when your ears just start ringing mm-hmm. that'll happen to her but she can hear like everything mm-hmm. so like a fly will be going by and she'll be like oh it hurts my ears because <laughs> she can hear everything and whenever that happens she'll stumble into the bathroom take this yellow powder and mix it into a drink and mm-hmm. then drink it and then she's fine mm-hmm. The other thing that happens to her that's weird is occasionally she'll be in the house and she'll go up and she'll like put her hand on a wall uh-huh. and just like concentrate on it. And then it'll kind of zoom into the wall and you'll see a heart just beating. It's really weird. Like actually inside of a body heart beating. Hmm. Those two things are really weird and they both happen to Jennifer Lawrence. So that stuff goes on. She sees this big generator thing underneath the house and then everyone comes back and the Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris come back with Javier Bardem. They bring a whole bunch of their family. And all of a sudden, they're having like a funeral at the house for this this guy that died. Mm-hmm. And the people that come in, there's a whole bunch of them. And they really just start like disrespecting the house and like leaving messes and like going places they shouldn't. And Jennifer Lawrence is starting to get pissed off. She's like, this is my house. You guys have to respect my home. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing that. So she freaks out. Starts yelling at people, and then one of them knocks a sink off the wall. They're like messing around. They knock a sink off the wall, and it sprays all this water into the house. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence freaks out and starts screaming, Everyone get the hell out of my house, and they all leave. So then it's her and Javier Bardem again. And that night after she kicked everyone out, Javier Bardem and her bang. And it had been made obvious before this that they were maybe trying to have a kid but couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so they finally bang, and then the next morning she wakes up and she's like, I'm pregnant. And she just knows right away. Yeah. Javier Bardem's like, oh, okay, well, you're pregnant. Then the movie fast forwards, and this is where it starts getting wild. So the movie fast forwards. She's like like definitely super belly pregnant now. Mm-hmm. And all these people, um, again, start showing up to the house. Ed Harris is back, the family. They just start coming back to the house mm-hmm. and just being there. 
and she's pissed by it. She's like, why are all these people just always in my house? And it's shot in this way where Jennifer Lawrence is always kind of walking around in the house Mm -hmm. and she'll like walk into a room and shit'll be happening in there and she'll like, ugh, and she'll turn around and walk into another room and there's shit happening and there's always time passing between those. So like every time she goes into a new room, it seems like a bunch of time has passed Mm -hmm. and there's just all of a sudden more people there or the room has changed. And so it's almost shot as like a one shot with mm-hmm. just her walking around and then shit is just happening around her. Yeah. And it starts to get really confusing because she's in there. Everyone is like partying and having fun and stuff. And at one point, like stuff gets violent and people start punching each other. And then at one point she finds herself going into labor. So she goes up into the room where Javier Bardem writes in. She starts to like go into labor. Mm-hmm. And right before all this, it becomes really weirdly obvious that all of these people are kind of obsessed with Javier Bardem. Like, they all have these, like, pictures of him that they bring, that they write things on, mm-hmm. and they, like, ask him to sign them. And they're all just weirdly, like, obs- like it's too much. Like, they all <laughs> want to touch him and stuff. And they have the baby in that room, and they're holding it, and it's all awesome, right? It's a baby. And Javier Bardem is, like, he'll, like exit the room and like come back with food and he'll be like they just keep bringing us food and gifts and stuff so they don't leave the room for like a while and at one point um he the people outside want to see the baby they're mm-hmm. like oh my god it's Javier Bardem's baby we got to see it um Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want the baby to be taken from her mm-hmm. because she kind of at this point is starting to not trust Javier Bardem and he's like okay fine and so he just waits for her to fall asleep and she'll fall asleep and then she wakes up and the baby's gone so she goes running out of the room Javier Bardem is showing everyone this baby and they're like, oh my God. And they like grab the baby from him and they're like lifting the baby up and like passing it around to each other so everyone can hold it. And Jennifer Lawrence is screaming and crying and and running through this crowd. All of a sudden you hear this snap and she like the crowd parts and she walks through and you can see that they've killed the baby. What the hell? Yeah. They've killed the baby and she's like, what the hell? Why are you killing the baby? And she turns back to Javier Bardem and he comes running through and he's like, oh my God, the baby's dead. Like, what are we going to do? And then she turns back around and now the baby is like cut open and they're eating the baby. What the fuck? All these people are eating the baby. It's insanely weird. (laughs) And she starts freaking out and screaming. And when she does, like the house shakes and she's like yelling and stuff. And then she starts getting pissed and then everyone else starts getting pissed and all of a sudden, it goes just batshit crazy because people start fighting each other. Um, at one point, the sinkhole the, where the sink used to be in the wall blows back open and it starts spraying water back into the house. Mm-hmm. She'll like run in between different places and people are killing each other. She walks into one room. Kristen Wiig is in this movie. <laughs> she is the publicist for Javier Bardem's books. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lawrence comes into a room and she's in there, Kristen Wiig, with a bunch of people lined up on the floor and she's just walking past them and shooting them in the head with shotguns and just blowing their heads off. And then she'll like run into a different room and there's like people in riot gear in in the room, like throwing smoke grenades and shit and blowing stuff up. Then she goes into another one and there's like people with guns shooting at each other. It's totally insane. And she's running around, everything is exploding and stuff and it's just complete mayhem in this house. Mm-hmm. And she runs down into the basement. And she goes over to that big generator that um, you saw earlier. Mm -hmm. And Javier Bardem chases her down there. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. And she's like, I know what to do. And she busts a hole in the generator. So it starts spitting oil out. Mm -hmm. And then she takes out a match. And she lights the match. 
and the whole house explodes. Kills everyone in there. The last shot you get is Jennifer Lawrence burning up. Like, it's her face and then fire. Mm -hmm. And then she's lying there, like, mostly dead. She's all charred. And her and Javier Bardem have a conversation. And for whatever reason, Javier Bardem is unscathed. He's completely just looks like he just stood in this explosion and nothing happened to Uh him. So they're talking and they say this really quick, cryptic, weird shit. And then she says, like, I gave you everything I had. And he says, like, not yet. And he reaches his hands into her chest and pulls out her heart and then, like, squishes it into his hands. And then when he opens his hands up, it's that rock from earlier that Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris broke. What the fuck? It's that thing. Mm-hmm. And then he takes it upstairs and sets it back on the mantle where it used to be. Mm-hmm. And then the whole house just like progressively becomes not blown up. <laughs> and now it's back to a normal house. And then the sun rises on the next day and you zoom into a bedroom uh-huh. and a woman wakes up who's not Jennifer Lawrence. She wakes up and she reaches over and Javier Bardem's not there. And she looks up and she goes, babe, which is exactly what happened in the beginning of the movie uh-huh. with Jennifer Lawrence. And then it goes to credits. What the hell? Yeah. So that is all really fucking confusing. And yeah. I know that. Yeah. But I'm going to explain it to you and it's going to make so much sense. <laughs> because I left this movie and I was like, that was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. And I don't get it at all. There, I could tell that there was something to get, uh-huh. but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I went home and I Googled it. And I Googled, someone please explain mother to me. <laughs> and the first article I saw made so much goddamn sense. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to explain the whole rest of the movie again, and it's going to make so much sense to you. Okay. The movie is the Bible. Okay. Javier Bardem is God. Jennifer Lawrence is basically like Mother Earth. Okay. Right? So she has the house, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Javier Bardem has been writing the Bible. Mm-hmm. And when Ed Harris shows up, he's Adam, the first man. Okay. When you see him puking and he's got a scar on his rib, Javier Bardem took a rib out of him to make Eve. Mm. Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. Okay. Then their two kids show up, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. One of them kills the other one, just okay. like in the Bible. Okay. Then there's the whole thing with all the people start coming. Okay, because everyone loves God. Mm-hmm. They keep coming. They have pictures of him. They they want to hear what he has to say. They keep coming. He wants to please them, but also um, in pleasing them, he's hurting Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. and they're ruining the house, and they just keep doing whatever they want in the house with no regard for what she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always wanting to please them. They're always wanting to please him. Then she has the baby, Jesus, Yeah. Um, gives the baby to the people. They kill him. They eat his body of Christ Mm -hmm. and the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then all hell kind of breaks loose. This is super old Testament Bible, by the way, Mm -hmm. where, um, there's like mass chaos, giant wars. Um, and eventually mother earth Mm self-destructs because she can't take what's going on with all the people anymore. Mm -hmm. And then God, um, the the way him taking her heart out is love. And so he takes the love out of her and makes it into the rock. And then starts over mm-hmm. with a new planet. Mm-hmm. And that's all, it all makes sense in the context of the Bible, right? Yeah. And I read that, I, like I said, I walked out of this movie and I was confused. I was like, I don't know what the hell that was. And I'm not sure if I liked it. <laughs> but then I read that review or that 
um, recap of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that's the smartest shit I've seen <laughs> in years. Yeah. Because I'm not a Bible person. I know enough about the Bible to get that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have picked it up on my own. Mm-mm. So maybe if you're a Bible person, you would have you would have gotten this sooner. And I don't know whether or not you would have liked it as much as I did. But by watching the entire movie and then finding out what it meant, and now I want to go see it again so that I can pick stuff up more as it comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really brilliant. And the way this is shot is incredible because, like I said, it's a lot of that one shot, mm-hmm. her walking from one thing to the next without a cut mm-hmm. thing. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is amazing in this. And I'm not even a big Jennifer Lawrence fan, mm-hmm. but she does really well in this. Yeah. Um, Javier Bardem is really like weird. He's like, you can't trust him and you can tell that, but you don't know why. So he does a really good job. Everyone else is kind of a bit character, mm-hmm. but I was so impressed by the way this movie was shot and edited and, and just put together. Like this was very much, I thought like an art piece mm-hmm. and whether or not you get down with the Bible, I think is irrelevant here because it tells that whole story in a real world way to kind of give you this message in a way that makes sense to you as a person. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's all put together, I thought was brilliant and it's getting kind of middle reviews. I think it's like seventies right now. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie Mm -hmm. and I'm really sorry to anyone who has listened to this and not seen it because I've taken the experience away from you that I had, but I did spoiler warn you before I'd started. (laughs) This is on you except for Seth, but it, I, was really impressed by this movie. I liked it a lot. Um, And this is where you'll come back into the show if you turned off or if you skipped the spoilers. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just saying, uh, go see this movie. Try not to read anything about it. Try to go in raw and just experience this movie. And then after you've seen it, uh, Google what it is and how it can be explained to you. And I think people will really enjoy that experience. Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. So it, it it gets a big thumb up from me. Because yeah. I think it's super interesting, hmm. uh, the way it all plays out. All right. Well, we hope you have enjoyed. Uh, this has been episode 10, which is pretty wild. We've had a whole lot of fun bringing you all 10 of these episodes. Uh, so and That's it. We're done. Yeah, we're done. This is it. The end of the pot. No, it's not. It's not. Don't unsubscribe or anything. <laughs> we're going to be back next week with episode 11. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you go out to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe, comment, uh, share this podcast with your friends. And uh, really just get the word out. Uh, thank you to those of you who have been listeners through the first 10 episodes. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep bringing you a lot of fun stuff in the time to come. Also, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at SoCo underscore show. Yeah. Hit another big milestone for the Twitter. Over, right? over 400. 400 followers. 409 as of this uh, recording. Um. <laughs> so thank you to those of you who have subscribed, especially uh, a couple of featured twitter followers this week right really just one jordan peele jordan peele at least this one is honest because at jordan peele like like it's his actual like how he got how they got that i don't know but at <laughs> jordan peele and it's a, it does say parody account so that's good um so thank you to jordan peele writer and director of one of my favorite movies this year get out uh so great job on that jordan uh, and thanks for listening to the <laughs> to the podcast Oh, here's an inspirational quote from uh, one of our newest followers, Love Zone. Love does not begin and end the way we seem to think it does. Love is a battle. Love is war. Love is growing up. Wow. I couldn't have thought of a better way to close the show. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again for tuning into episode 10. Don't forget all the regular social media things. 
Uh, we'll see you next week for episode 11. But until then, this is Cody Michael for Seth Ott. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>